0: hello welcome to the word on the street an awesome chance to engage with the bible for you and your kids time to turn your spare time into god's time and here to help is your host anna Ware. when i was in primary school i watched a little tv show probably about five minutes and there were sea dragons, all kinds of rainbow ones, and they were happy and friendly. And whenever you swam in the ocean, you could swim with these wonderful sea dragons. But there was a black one, and it was strong, and it used to fight everybody. And I used to have nightmares about this black sea dragon. I asked my mom if sea dragons were real, and she said, yes, We should Google it. They're tiny little things. That is what I was afraid of when I was younger. What are you afraid of? When you are afraid or worried or in pain, what do you do? Do you have any strategies that help you feel better? Do you tell yourself to be brave? Do you just try your best and try not to think about failure? Do you ever ask for help? Sometimes you might ask for a Panadol. Whenever I was in bed and it was dark, and I was all alone, and my mind started to wander towards the black sea dragon. I used to pray, and sometimes I would get up, and I would tell mum about my fears, and we would chat about it. We all feel afraid or worried or in pain at different times of our lives and about different things, and we all react differently too when these things come upon us. What do you think? Imagine you are needing to move and you need to live in a different country because your life where you are is not good. You pack up all the things you want, all the things that you can carry, and you leave. You don't know where you're going. You just have to leave. You start walking. You're with your family. You get to a boat Take a boat to a new land. The new land is unfamiliar. You don't know where you're going to get your next meal. You don't know where you're going to sleep tonight. You walk. You walk some more. You worry about food. But then you notice millions of huge flowers growing all around you. And you find out that they're edible. You grab one, you mush it up, and then you fry them like a fritter. You eat these fritters for breakfast and lunch and dinner. Every day, for weeks and weeks. You're grateful that you're not hungry. But after a few months of eating these flowers, you wish that you had never left home. You convince yourself that it's not that bad. At least you had things to eat other than one type of flour. At least you had a home and a bed and a hope that you can still keep going. Psalm chapter 56, verses 3 to 4 says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust and I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals, mere humans, do to me? Today's story. Abraham and Sarah were told by God to pack up and leave. They left their home and they went to the promised land, and it was a beautiful land. Abraham and Sarah's great-grandson, Joseph, ended up moving to Egypt with all the offspring, all the family. For 430 years, the Israelites lived in Egypt. They lived there and they worked there. But in the end, it got to be no good. They had become slaves to the Egyptians. They were worked really hard and they were being controlled by the pharaoh, the boss of Egypt at the time. God did not want the Israelites to live in Egypt permanently. He wanted them back in the promised land. So God worked out a way. He raised up a man named Moses, who hid as a baby in a basket in the bulrushes so that he wouldn't be taken and killed because that's what they were doing to Hebrew baby boys because they didn't want Hebrew baby boys to grow up into Hebrew men who would become soldiers and fight against them. But what happened was God loved chatting to Moses. God chose Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. You might remember the story. Pharaoh did not want them to leave. He said they could leave, but then he changed his mind 10 times. And there were 10 different plagues And finally, after the 10th plague, Pharaoh let the Israelites go, and off they went. They packed up their things, everything that they could carry, and they left Egypt, hoping for a better life. As they were leaving Egypt, Pharaoh changed his mind again. He got all of the chariots and all his soldiers, and they chased after the Israelites. The Israelites were the labourers. They were the workers. They were the slaves. Pharaoh did not want to lose his slaves. So what did God's people, the Israelites, do when they noticed the Egyptian army following after them? They blamed God. We left our home for a better life, just to die in the desert, to be killed by this army following us? God heard their grumbling. God listened to them. God saved them. God led his people with a cloud in the day and fire at night. God parted the Red Sea in half, so his people were able to cross through the Red Sea on dry land. And then when their enemies were there, the Red Sea began to flow as it normally did, washing away all of the Israelites' enemies. God provided manna for his people to eat. Did you imagine that beautiful flower in the what do you think section, being delicious? Did you love eating that? Was it like a lolly? Or was it a little bit more like a salad? Manna was a white crust of food that would appear on the ground every morning with the dew. And God's people would wake up every morning to see this beautiful white crust on the floor, God's gift of food for them to eat. They would collect it and eat it every day. God provided them water from a rock. God took them to the promised land, which was beautiful. When they got to the promised land, they were scared. Huge groups of people had moved into their land with big armies, giants. Some Israelite spies went in and had a look and then they came back scared. They complained. They rejected God's power and authority and they didn't trust him. They doubted him. They said, we cannot go in here. They will kill us. They will beat us. There is no point. You might be thinking, this story is supposed to be about suffering. It looks like God is looking after them so far. God has looked after them so far. God has done amazing things. They have seen it with their very own eyes. But this is where things start to go wrong. The Israelites stopped trusting God. In response, God actually sent them back to the desert and led them around with the cloud and the fire, wandering around for 40 more years. A whole new generation was born and had grown up in the desert. More manna, more suffering, more doubting God. More complaining. Can you imagine being born in a tent, in a desert, eating manna? Not knowing whether you were going to survive another day. Not going to school. Not having much hope about where you're going to live, where you're going to set up. You're in a tent, a portable house. The Israelites felt like this was a real time of suffering. God felt like it was a real time of learning, of growth. God taught them an invaluable lesson during this wandering in the desert. And it is a lesson that has been taught so many times. And the lesson in this event has been referred to in the Bible more than any other event. And the lesson is this. Trust God. In suffering, in life, in everything, trust God. God is powerful. God is in control. God knows what he's doing. And he is worthy of our trust in all situations. Remember the verse that I read earlier, Psalm 56, verses 3 to 4? When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. And I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Question time. Question number one. Is there a time you can think of where you might doubt that God is in control? Question number two. What can you do to show that you trust God when you're in certain situations? When I was going to sleep in my dark room and I was imagining the black sea dragon, I would pray. And that's what they taught me to do at church. And this is what I really want to encourage you to do when you're worried or afraid or in pain. Let me pray now. Dear Lord, When we're suffering, when we're hurt, when we're afraid or worried, be with us. Look after us, take care of us, reassure us. Thank you that you hear our prayers and you are with us always. Amen. Next episode, I'm going to bring to you the story of Ruth. Until next week, keep trusting God. Well, we have come to the end of this episode, but it doesn't have to be the end of the conversation. Why not take a moment now to think about what you can take away from today's talk? Oh, and if you want to discover more episodes and resources, head on over to the Word on the Street website. There's a link in the show notes, and you'll also find there a copy of today's passage. Thanks for being part of the Word on the Street. We're really looking forward to you joining us again real soon. You've been listening to The Eternity. Podcast Network eternitypodcasts.com.au.